during COVID, everyone was really excited about all the meme stocks and investing and lots of people had spare money to invest. Whereas now the more popular content is around saving money and the cost of living and those smaller, quick savings hacks compared to investing. Welcome to the Fincia podcast. Today, I'm really delighted to have Natasha Etchman, whose Tash invests profiles across social media have more than 150,000 followers across Instagram and uh, TikTok. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, the success as a, a influencer and maybe some of the trials and tribulations and also being a, a founding member of the Get Rich Slow Club. Tash, uh, welcome. Um, how did you get to, to become a influencer if, um, if we can uh, call you that these days? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, influencer is quite an interesting term. I think I prefer content creator, but I guess I am a finance influencer, so it's a fitting term. It's been interesting in the media to see that it's kind of had a, has a bit of a negative stigma around it. But anyway, labels aside, um, I just randomly decided to post on Instagram one day and it kind of took off from there. So I personally started investing when I was 18. Um, I bought my apartment when I was 21, 22. And then during COVID, it was like August of 2020, I just decided to start sharing what I was spending and doing with my money on Instagram. And people were quite interested in it. And, and did it take off? I mean, did, was it a slow burn or did it really take off instantly? Yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, I got a few thousand followers, I think, in the first month. And then I started posting on TikTok in September. And I think I reached 10,000 pretty soon after that and got a few like daily mail articles pretty quickly. Um, so it's very good for me just to see that I was interested in it from the start. Um, and, and one of the things that brought to, uh, to, to my attention and I'm sure to other members of uh, Finzi's attention was, the, you know, that, that around that time, maybe later, um, there were the ASIC warnings um, and, um, you know, being told you could face uh, million dollar fines. That, that must have been um, quite a shock. What, what did you think about all of that? Yeah, it was interesting. I think we were kind of expecting it a little bit. Like I kind of been looking for answers and talking to advisors and other people asking, like, what can we say? Like some people said that you might fit under the media exemption like the news would, whereas other people were like, oh, no, you can't be doing this stuff. So I think it was good to finally get clarity. Um, it was a bit out of the blue at that time, I guess, but it was always in the back of my mind that something like that might happen. But because you had tried to, you know, to reach out to ASIC to find out what the rules and regulations were, um, but you hadn't been able to do that, is that is it? I mean, presumably it's because this is a whole new sector of, um, you know, uh, advice of the economy. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I did try and talk to them about it, but they didn't really have very set answers. And it's just the difference between the types of media, like the Corporations Act was written in 2001, was it? So it's very outdated in terms of what's media and what's not. Um, but social media is media. So it's interesting that some things will fit under that, that exemption, but others won't. Uh, but yeah, no one really knew the answer. Everyone kind of had an opinion, but it was really hard to get one straight direct answer. Mm. And and I think one of the things that you've done to, um, not to get around this, but to um, update the way that you um, um, create content is, is to team up uh, with organizations like Guideway. Is, is that, um, how, how does that work? Yeah, so they authorize me to give general financial advice. So I'm an authorized representative of Guideway, which is cool and sounds all fancy and makes it all official, I guess. Um, I don't give personal advice or anything, just general advice online, but they reached out and helped me with that, which was really good. Okay. And so they, uh, you work together to, um, to, to sort of offer, uh, as you say, general advice. D does that mean, though, that you are looking towards um, 
getting a, a, a financial advice license so that you can give personal advice? Where, where what are you thinking along? I don't think lines? so. Not at the moment. There's so much compliance stuff with being a financial advisor, and you can only help a really certain population group like it's very unaffordable for a lot of people and I find that I'm better at kind of talking to multiple like multiple people or bigger groups or posting on social media so for now general advice is fine for me maybe in the future um, but right now it's not very accessible for everyone. So just um, maybe rewind a little bit in terms of um, how, how much um, posting do you do these days are you up there every day um, once a week, a couple of times a week, is it? Is it or yeah. is it just as and where? It depends. Um, I try and post on Instagram three times a week and TikTok five times a week. Um, but sometimes I'm more excited about it than others. And sometimes I'll post every day. Sometimes I just won't post for the week. But I also have the podcast now, the Get Rich Slow Club. Um, we post one episode, we'll release one episode every week. But we've been trying to batch create those. So I think we're like 10 episodes ahead. So some weeks it'll be like three podcast recordings and a few TikToks and a few Instagram posts. And other weeks it'll be less. I certainly know that uh, feeling about having to get ahead with the content to uh, <laughs> be able to get it. And, and does it has the the state of the global economy um, sort of affected you in, in terms of what you know uh, the material that you post? Have you had to look for different um, things to do? Or do? You know, is there is a is there a sort of kind of talk about people you know that are under pressure? Um, mm -hmm. Just interested in that. Yeah, it does shift quite quickly. Like during COVID, everyone was really excited about all the meme stocks and investing and lots of people had spare money to invest. Whereas now the more popular content is around saving money and the cost of living and those smaller quick savings hacks compared to investing. Um, a lot more people don't have that surplus income to invest right now. But um, my content is still around investing. So I sometimes just try and slide in a bit more savings content as well. And, and uh, I mean, do you um, uh, have any... Um, um sort of intel on that your audience, um, Finty's membership, you know, we have a sort of a, a long, well-established uh, brand. Um, yours has come around really, really quite quickly. Do you, do you sort of um, look at and analyze those numbers or is it just about creating content and putting out as much as you can? Yeah, no, I, I conceal the analytics and I create content that people are kind of asking for. Like I post lots of question boxes or people comment things and I'll reply to those. Um, but my audience is mainly 25 to 34 year olds. On Instagram, it's 65% female. TikTok, I think is 75% female. So it is skewed towards the females. I think our podcast is 60% female, so less there. Um, but yeah, it's like kind of that younger age group. When I've polled them about their income before, they are usually above the median Australian wage. Lots of people earning like 80, 100 or more K a year. And then there's also a group of kind of like finance uni students who follow me as well. Right, right. And and just coming back to that, um, you know, conversation that we started, you know, briefly about the crackdown, you know, ASIC. And um, at that time, you, you you highlighted the fact that this this could push, you know, or if, if you weren't allowed to give this kind of advice or give people inspiration, that um, there would be other actors out there from other jurisdictions that could be giving advice. Um, um, what they would dress up as insights that aren't really um, safe for people to invest in. Is that, um, is that something that you still f feel is um, relevant? Yeah, well, even just not like people giving bad advice, but not relevant advice to Australians. 
like if there's no one in Australia talking about super and how our credit system works, then people will like listen to people from the US, for example. Like I get so many questions about Australians asking me how to invest in their Roth IRA and having to explain that that's not an Australian thing. Or people assuming our credit system is the same as the US and they need to get a credit card to build a credit score when really it's not the same here. So I think if you don't have that Australian influence, people will get advice that's not applicable to them. Or there are lots of scam accounts out there as well. Like I get so many questions about Forex or the latest crypto scam. And why can't I just put all of my money into this Forex trader AI bot thing? So you need people kind of counteracting that. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think I've, um, um, I've probably asked this question in a different way and you've answered it, but I will. I'll, um, this is your day job, obviously. Um, you're not thinking of um, giving it, this up and uh, coming to work in an office um, in, the, in, the, in the CBD anytime soon. No, no, I do miss, I was working as an OT up until April this year and I did really enjoy that. So I might go back to working part-time in healthcare in the future, but no, definitely no office job in the city. That's not really for me. Brilliant. I look, um, I think um, it, it's really interesting to get some different views and uh, where people are sort of um, getting their content and uh, about finance. And um, so I'm, I'm really pleased that you can share your thoughts with our members today. Uh, and, and maybe they'll even have a look out for the, your own past, podcast on the uh, the Get Rich Slow Club. So, um, uh, Natasha, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me.